What's up, Real Champs podcast listeners? Hassan and I are back with another podcast. Yes, faster than you probably thought we would be. And I think we got back faster than we thought we would be. But that's what happens when you plan and organize. So despite this horrendous snowstorm in Toronto, Canada, I made it home alive in one piece and we're ready to go. Uh, Hassan, just intro yourself and then we'll jump into things. What's good, peeps? It's uh, Hassan Karim here. Follow me on Twitter if you want to, at the Karim. Simple as that. Simple as that. Anyway, it looks like Real Madrid is getting as simple as that. As they pick up form, it's been great. Uh, of course, the last game they had was against Espanyol this Sunday, match day 21. It's a 4-2 win. There's so much to talk about. And this time, it's finally good things. There are some things that, of course, that do need tweaking still. Uh, Madrid isn't definitely you know, their best selves, but doing way better than they were even a month ago. What was your one big takeaway from this game as a whole? Benzema's made me eat my words badly. <laughs> really yes. badly. Yes, he has. Karim Benzema is officially, well, not officially, well, he was already, but he is the leading goal scorer of Real Madrid. He's played 33 games, scored 15 goals, and also has six assists to top it off. And that's incredible. We're just over halfway through the season or so. Um... A little bit over, actually. So he may actually, I don't know, it's highly unlikely, but he might make that mark of 30 goals that I set for him at the beginning of the season. I did say that this could just be his season now that Ronaldo's gone. Not to say that Ronaldo stunted him in any way. It's just I think he's going to come out of his shell a bit more. And yesterday, we definitely saw that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, for sure. Um Obviously, with Ronaldo in the team, he's feeding. Obviously, Ronaldo is the more clinical finisher out of the two of them. But now we're seeing that Benzema's got a scoring touch of his own for the first time in, a, what is it, about two seasons, I think? Yeah, about two seasons. Yeah, it's been about The last time we saw him serially score like this was 15-16 when he, just, he was... That's probably the best season I've seen of Benzema was 15-16, maybe. Yeah. But in, in this past weekend's game, just to go off the stats... You know, as per who scored, ridiculous. Five key passes, made 58 passes with 89.7% pass accuracy. He went six for seven on long balls. You know, of course, on top of that, he scored two goals. I don't know how much, like, if he has a game like this ever, there's literally not, like, there's nothing you can complain about. He was dispossessed no, once in the whole game. Not. Absolutely not. Um, you know, at the, the end of the day, it, it, it's helpful for the team, cause, you know, considering how. Goal shy we were, you know, at the start of the season and going how many hours and numerous hours without scoring. Benzema himself went something like eight, you know, eight hours without a shot on target, something stupid like that. So it's nice to see some confidence in in him and just around the team in general, really. Um, you had mentioned to me earlier he has tied the record of who again? Uh, Hugo Sanchez. He's he's now the sixth uh, top goal scorer in the club's history at 207 goals. So just kind of, it's essentially resume padding at this point that he's, as a whole, he's done well. But for this season, he's just adding to it. And it's definitely the kick in the butt that Real Madrid need to really push themselves in hopes of securing at least some silverware this season. But moving away from Benzema, looking at the team as a whole in this performance, just to run through the stats, uh, Madrid shots in favor 16-3. to three to 13 rather uh three more shots on target as well 
passed with 86% accuracy, 122 dribbles, and held 64% of the ball over 90 minutes, which is it's pretty damn good. Uh, considering Espanyol scored two goals off a of 36% possession, uh, you can tell there are still some mistakes in Real Madrid's defense, uh, more namely the last goal where that line just wasn't kept together well. But again, all around, just a good performance from the team. Uh, outside of Benzema, who would you say stuck out to you? Uh, Lucas Vasquez did very well. Uh, I must admit, he did extremely well. I think he completed the second most amount of dribbles after Benzema. Oh, no, sorry, he completed the most amount of dribbles after Benzema, uh, before Benzema. Uh, played on two key passes himself. Um, he had just a, had a very good game all round. I think he made an assist as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, his assist was to the fourth goal. Uh, for the fourth, for the fourth goal rather, uh, which was to Gareth Bale inside of the box, which is a really neat one. And to add to that, uh, Lucas kind of moves up in the ranks in terms of assists. He is now he was uh, just under three people who were tied for four assists on the season. He, or rather, three people. He now has four assists this season. So. Pretty impressive considering the amount of minutes he gets and the amount of times he comes in as a sub and not as a starter. Um, but like we said, his goal went to Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale is a name we haven't heard in a while uh, in the squad or in the game and really just hearing him with the buzz in and around training sessions. What do you think of his play? Um, it was short and sweet, I guess, wasn't it? I mean, ironically, I put out a tweet not long before the year. Uh... Not long before he came onto the field, it's like if Vinicius continues to play as well as he does, it, the point that he's so raw as well, it's going to make people like back, uh, bail in the sense you think about what they're doing. And lo and behold, the man comes on and puts a goal in. So, like, you know what, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, it could be one of those times again. I think this could mean, or this could, that performance alone, I know it's a bold statement, but I think it's, it's going to foreshadow the Gareth Bale we've seen in recent seasons where his first half isn't so bright. He kind of has some injury issues. But then when he does come back in the second half of the season, like he comes back with a roaring vengeance. And namely would be a season, a few seasons ago, when Madrid finished, I think, just one point behind Barcelona. And a huge yeah, so reason for getting back was 15, Gareth 15-16, when he went on an absolute rampage in the second half of the season. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think there is potential for him to go off again. Um I know this is a question corner question, but it's a great one to just discuss in this one before we get into our pre-match chat uh, for the second leg of the Copa. You go first. I'll chat on it later. But what do you think happens to Solari squad selection now that Gareth Bale is fit? And um, maybe he's not fit for 90, but at least he's coming on. And you know he can play at least 45. It's kind of tricky to be honest. I don't think he should just automatically walk back into the lineup. So I don't think that'd be fair on whoever he replaces because Vinicius has played, you know, very well in in that time. So it wouldn't be fair to usurp him. Vasquez has been playing well enough, so it wouldn't be fair to usurp him either. And it's not like you can just stick in down the middle because Benzema is currently on fire. So I think it's a case of keep giving him cameos, and if he keeps continuing to score, then you know, implement him slowly but steadily. I think that's the way I go about it, personally. But saying that, Solari himself has said that he won't just walk straight back into the lineup. So it's good he's taken that diplomatic approach a little and not just giving it because he's the £85 million signing that's, you know, a superstar name, if you will. 
Well, I'm kind of pissed because you literally have the same answer as me. But I'll <laughs> add on to it by saying I think the one way um, things will need to be a little different in terms of his squad selection will be that round of 16 against Ajax. I think yeah. instead of playing Vinicius as well as he has, I think having Gareth Bale is just such a big moment player. Like, regardless of all the minutes of total he's missed and all the days in total he's missed since he's been at Madrid, you can go calculate that and look through the calendars, do whatever makes you happy to try and vilify the Welshman. But at the end of the day, he's a big-name player, and you don't have to look far back to remember that. Just look at last year's Champions League final against Liverpool. I mean, it's not to say that, yeah, there were a bunch of other things that happened in that game, but Gareth Bale coming on, scoring two goals in a final of the Champions League is incredible. So I think for those bigger games, having him in there, just that, that poise, that a little bit more comfort than Vinicius will probably have, I think it's going to be important, not just as an individual, but for the team to operate at a higher level. I mean, you could take the uh, the route that Zidane did with Ronaldo, where you just sort of don't use him as much in the smaller, lesser games. And then when the big ones come along, so you Madrid derbies, you uh, El Clasicos, etc., then you just roll him into those sort of games. And that way it keeps him fresh, because obviously we know Bale's not the most reliable man when it comes to fitness. Um, and you're still keeping a big-name player like that for the big moment. So maybe that's the best route to go, who knows. Exactly. Now, there were two, several little key incidents outside of the goal scoring that took place. One of them was Rafael Varane being shown a straight red in the 72nd minute. What is going on in Europe? It's not just in La Liga. It's happening in France a lot. Pochettino actually commented on it earlier this weekend. What is, first of all, what is your take on that decision to give him a red? And secondly, why do you think VAR isn't being used enough? I think it was stupid they gave him a red to be honest. It clearly looks like the the, uh, the striker like sort of clipped off of Varane's knee and fell over. So it makes it look like Varane sort of knocked him over. It was pretty pathetic to be honest, the entire sequence. And that should be reviewed by VAR. But I don't know what it is in Spain, especially. They just seem to be like allergic to using it. They've been they moaned about it for so long. Yeah, we need we need we need VAR. We need VAR. They get it, and then. They just like don't use it. I mean, the amount of times Madrid's had issues where there's been a decision that should be going to VAR and it's you know quite clear cut that you know it needs to be re looked at and it's just not. Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, it, I think it should be a case of if enough people overrule it, like on the sidelines and obviously in in the VAR like sort of room as well, then they should be able to overturn the referee really because it's clear that some of the referees in Spain are just completely incompetent. I just think it's ridiculous that they're on top of the officials that are at the venue itself, in the action, like on the pitch, the goal line ref, the linesman, the crazy fourth guy or whatever who just takes care of substitutions. And then there's that one person who's actually on the pitch. It blows my mind that there's a whole room somewhere where people are watching this game from multiple angles and not just people, sorry referees and officials from the federation and no one thinks maybe we should review this i understand there's a system in place and i don't know the intricacies of the system but seeing how it's been so far i'd imagine that it it doesn't play out the way i'm saying it does or it should but i think it should play out that way because if you have people up there why why is no one rewinding the tape real quick and taking a look at it from a different angle and, you know, letting the referee know, actually, you know what, sorry, you know, 
that is the wrong call. That was literally the whole point of VARs to make sure that you're yeah, yeah. billion percent sure, not just 99% sure, but 100% sure that you're making the right decision. I was a, it's obviously a loss for Varane to go out of any game, uh, but it, it's something that we've been seeing so much, not just in Spain. And I won't name teams, but oddly enough, some teams seem to be getting away with it quite a lot. <coughs> Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, let's, I, don't let's wanna, I don't want to start a witch hunt, boys. I don't want to start a witch hunt. <laughs> um, on top of that, we also did see Sergio Ramos get injured uh, after a nasty kick that he took. Not too sure how long he'll be out, but you can imagine that he will be back as soon as possible in his place. I'm not even going to bother asking you who's going to go in because we're almost certain it's going to be Nacho. And that's not a bad move, especially considering uh, Real Madrid's next game is the second leg of the Copa, which happens this Thursday. And then after that, they're playing Sunday against Alaves, uh, which is kind of a big game. It's not the biggest name in Spanish football. But keep in mind, the top four consists of Barca, Atleti, Real, and Sevilla in that order. And sitting just outside of that is Alaves in fifth. And they're just four points off of Sevilla, who's in fourth place. Now, yeah, we've got a pretty sticky run, to be honest, for the next few weeks. We do. It is. One thing that is on our side, though, is all of us actually have a negative goal difference of minus two. So while they are up there, they do seem to have a strong Defensive issue yeah. at, at some points. But, of course, there clearly are lapses. Being able to be up there, though, with a negative goal difference isn't, uh, isn't really easy. If you consider the fact that the only other team that is a negative goal difference uh, but is inside the top 10 is Real Betis. And yeah. from 10 yeah. down all the way to 20, everybody else has a negative goal difference. So I don't know if I've explained that really well, but essentially they seem to be doing something that's a little impossible. They're 9-5-7, and seven, uh, which is not even the most losses, but... Still some something weird going on. How you got to fifth, who knows? I mean, the funny thing is, as you mentioned, that um, if we want to understand, Alaves are actually overperforming their expected goals against by two. So <laughs> it doesn't make much sense. But they're also over, over, um, overachieving in terms of their expected points as well by six. So they're, they're definitely high-flying, but it's crazy to think that they're overachieving on their, their their expected goals against, yet they've still got a negative goal difference. Yeah, so it's all in all just like a really weird situation, seeing them you know, all the way up there. Uh, I, I don't know. I think one name that we have been cautious of, that a player that does play for Alaves in the past was John Guidetti, I believe. Unless I'm just... Um... But no, Gadetti, I believe, places Helter Vico. I'm looking at the wrong sheet. That's probably one. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Thank you so much. I don't know why he's included in this, then. No idea. Unless he's moved, and I'm just not aware of it. Because I feel like he has scored against us before. Or at least he has been impactful. In prior... Oh, no, wait, my mistake, my mistake. He does play for Alavis now. He definitely used to play for Zelta Vigo. I just didn't know he'd moved. Okay. I, I feel like he did do something to us at some point. 
I think he scored against us last season for some reason. I've just got that yeah, feeling he didn't. I saw the name and it did ring a bell. So I I don't know. I'm at a loss. Let's just continue. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the next game will be against Girona, uh, which is of course, like I said, a Copa del Rey match. Uh, Madrid have the upper hand already. They're ahead. 4-2 or on, on aggregate or 2-4, however you want to look at it. They will be playing away at the Montelivi. I feel like that's not the right way to pronounce it, but so what? We'll go that with it. It is on Thursday at 3.30 p.m. My time, Eastern Standard Time. If you live in North America and you're on the East Coast, it's at 3.30. And if you live where Hassan lives in Europe, in England, namely, it's at 8.30. So have fun. It's a nice know. late game, peeps. Yeah, I won't get to watch it. Have fun. Enjoy that for me. I'll be in school. <laughs> um, what is something to look out for out of that game, though? I think it's just going to be actually respecting the opponent. I think so many times we've underestimated the opponent, and then it's ended up just shooting us in the foot. And I think if you just look yeah. at the first leg alone, the fact that the other team scored in the seventh minute was pretty ridiculous. And then giving up a disgusting penalty for absolutely no reason in the 66, you know, brought them pretty close. Tied the game, actually, until Ramos decided to have a brace and then Benzema topped it off again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those strange ones. I think if we, well, we've seen numerous times when we've gone into games thinking, yeah, we'll breeze through this. Like, look at Huesca, for example. Just don't have a big there. head, please. Just don't have a big head. Yeah, no, simple as that, really. Just go in there and respect who is in front of you. Just At the end of the day, we're not exactly high-flying and we're not top of the table, so we don't really have any reason to be big-headed, if I'm honest. Well, now that Madrid have a 4-2 lead going up into that match, uh, it's unlikely that Solari will play the strongest possible lineup. And that's not to say some starters will play, but, for example, I doubt that he's going to field Cruz and Luke. Modric at the same time I think he may split their time or somehow allow one of them to get a full match rest if possible it only makes sense to allow for a healthy rotation um Karim Benzema has been informed it's likely that he's going to get us if you haven't heard you're hearing it now uh Monday's training session uh Marco Asensio actually got injured just 10 minutes into the training session and that is after he's made a full recovery and he was actually suspected to feature in Thursday's game against Girona. So really unfortunate for him. Uh, be likely to see Lucas Vasquez play again. In lieu of the midfield, don't be surprised if Isco gets a start uh, with the defense. Nacho's probably going to get in there. I honestly wouldn't mind if Sergi Reguilón gets a start ahead of Marcelo again. I know it's disgusting as that sounds, but such is life. I don't think so. For this, so far this season, Reguilón's been very, very good. I don't think it's such a disgusting thing to say anymore. He's been no, very, very good this season. In the sense that I didn't, I, it almost sounds like an insult to Marcelo. Not, not to. Yeah, be, true. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But when you look at the context of it, it's kind of like, you know what? Fair play to the kid. He's coming to the, you know, the biggest club in the world and stepped into the position of one of the, you know, one of the one of if not the best left back in the world, mm-hmm. and taken and essentially pushed him out. Like that's pretty impressive. Well. I mean, he, he's obviously deserved it. Nothing happens at Real Madrid unless you deserve it. I mean, again, that could be debated, but that is yeah, the way... Yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> that. That is the way you would expect it to go. Uh, before we top 
this podcast off uh, and we wrap it up. Two interesting things. One is um, Morata has gone to Atletico Madrid. Absolute snake. <laughs> That's what I, I think of this matter. First of all, if you are a Real Madrid fan, if you're on social media and you're calling Alvaro Morata a snake, please go onto this website called Transfer Market. Uh, don't add the E in the market part, .co.uk. <laughs> search up in the top right, there's a search bar. Click Alvaro Morata. Scroll down and look at his club history, please. Take a moment. Take it in. Let it soak. And then go back to social media. You will see that he actually did play. He was a part of the academy and the system, however you want to think of it, at Atletico Madrid. Therefore, he's not a snake. Let the guy... my comeback to that statement. Okay, let's have, let's have a little debate here. He only played for the juvenile B side, yeah? Okay. He's also played for Hatafe's youth system. Okay. And obviously through every single Madrid system from this under-17s up to the senior team. Okay. He's never represented Atletico at a senior level. This is where I this is where I always sort of you draw the with the, I draw the, if you've represented the senior team and you jump to another their, their direct rivals, I think that deems you a snake. You go from their youth side to like the other the other side's first team, that's not so bad. But he never played for Atletico's first team. That's the thing. He 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 made his platform from Real Madrid. He became known because he was at Real Madrid. That's where that's where he was spotted. So that's where I'm just like, no, I think it is snaky the fact that he's gone from Real to Atletico. Obviously not directly, but it's the fact that he's, you know, obviously won trophies at Real Madrid. He he only became a star because of Real Madrid. Yeah, but then what Such do you want to do? The Premier League isn't working out for him. Where do you want him to go? Just Juventus aren't taking him back anytime soon. PSG he kicked the badge and cried at his presentation. That's all I need to say. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. He, he, he cried at his presentation. He kissed the badge. That's all I need to say. Snaky. Well, maybe it's a bit muggy. That's a bit much. But nonetheless, he played at Atletico. So don't, don't rip the guy too much. I don't know if you He's saw this. He's also played for Hitafe, though. Okay, whatever. Did you see Bleacher Report's tweet? What about him? Yeah. It's basically okay. like... it's a So if... If you guys haven't seen it, go check out Bleacher Report Football. I don't know why I'm plugging another account, but it's not like... Yeah, what whatever. are you doing? <laughs> anyway, they basically... This will give you a good laugh. They basically took... Like, they made, like, a graphic image, of course, um, of a contract, and there's a box at the bottom. Oh, yeah, I did see this. Actually. And they have a picture <laughs> of what is meant to be Murata holding a pen, and he ended up signing outside of the box. And it's just... <laughs> No, I've seen another one similar. Um, that's, what, 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 that's the definition of taking the piss. Is exactly what that is. There was another one. So rude. Um, it was when he was unveiled at Madrid for the second time when he came back from Juventus, and he's kissing the badge, but he's not quite kissing the badge. Like the badge just underneath his lips. It's like the caption was like Alvaro Morata always missing. I thought, oh, oh, for God's God. sake! <laughs> for God's sake! You guys are never going to get any pieces. Anyway, the last thing before we wrap this up, I know you'll be delighted to hear this. According to Marco, James Rodriguez has told Bayern Munich he wants to leave the club at the end of the season. Uh, a few clubs are interested. And also his father spoke not too long ago saying that Real Madrid has always been in his heart. Uh, is Madrid going to roll out the red carpet this summer? Yes or no? 
Um, I bloody well hope so. I mean, I did do an article on this, by the way, guys. So if you want to go and check that out, it's on uh, shamelessly.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've just actually seen it on Google, so it just reminded me. Yeah, um, I, I, I think I'd hope that they re- roll the red carpet out and do all the nice stuff for him to come back because he's an absolute world class talent, and I think we could use with him, you know, next season. Yeah, but then what happens to your beloved Danny Ceballos and Marcos Llorente? Marcus Lorenzo won't be too bothered by it. And they, he plays a different position to Danny Ceballos. Danny Ceballos can play a bit more a bit more of a, a variation of positions in the midfield. Hammers is more... I'd say Hammers and Isco would be more of an infighting scenario than um, than he would against Ceballos because Ceballos is a lot more versatile. So uh, basically a relapse of what happened when he was here before. Yeah, but I think I think this time... And if it can, if the way that things are going, they continue, then it will be a case of I think only one of them remains at the club next season. Just be an interesting case of who. Well, it's going to be Isco. Anyway, that's it for this podcast. I get the last word as always. Um, we are doing another question corner, which will drop tomorrow. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Haas and I haven't figured out our schedules yet, but we'll definitely try and do a recap of like two of the Copa del Rey match and then of course a little bit more in depth of uh, the game against Alaves which is coming up on the Sunday which will be match day 22 of La Liga and in that one we will make sure uh, we know where players are actually playing and that it's not Celta Vigo but yeah there you have it uh, as always enjoy the rest of your day or evening or whatever uh, enjoy the match and I love Madrid.